0: Alright fellow fact checkers, be sure to head over to Fox and Sons Coffee and check out the best coffee sponsor a guy could ever hope for. And if you use the code FCT for fact check this at checkout, you will get 18% off any order of $25 or more. Also, be sure to check out the subscription packages. And any order of $37.99 or more goes free shipping. Check out the light blend, the dark blend, the uh, medium blend, the electric boogaloo, and the decaf. Be sure to check out Fox & Sons Coffee. So let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This podcast. Alright, Fact Check This podcast. And today, we're going to take a look at an interesting article that I, I was not expecting to see something like this, but it makes sense, given the way the, the left rainbow bug works. Uh, we're going to combine global warming with right-wing violence. Two things that don't actually exist. <laughs> Interesting how that works out. Our warming planet is becoming a hotbed of violence. There has always been violent conflict, but we may now be preparing to top off that sorry record with climate-induced conflict. Oh, God, not climate-induced conflict. Several times in recent weeks, I've heard people suggest that Mother Nature has been speaking to us through that smoke endlessly drifting south from the still-raging Canadian wildfires. Let's take a moment. and and talk about those still raging Canadian wildfires that it seems have been or are actually the result of poor management by the forestry department not climate change or anything of that nature but nonetheless and that's the way it always is like more often than not these raging wildfires are because the people who are supposed to be in charge of the of forestry and parks and stuff like that don't know what the fuck they're doing they don't actually understand how nature works they're trying to they try to do things in an environmentally friendly way that doesn't actually work because the environment doesn't work like that naturally and then they end up making creating a problem that is seven thousand times worse than it would have been if they just left nature to do its own fucking thing but i digress She's saying that she wants the coal, gas, and oil left in the ground, but I fear her message will have a little more influence on common policy than her previous ones did, because there's no basis for it. Anyway, after all, we essentially hit the snooze button on the wake-up call from Hurricane Katrina 18 years ago. Hur- hurricanes happen, like, every fucking year. This isn't, like, yes, Katrina was exceptionally bad. Hurricane Andrew was exceptionally bad. Uh, What was the one that blew in and hit? the the northeast back in 2012 i believe it was 11 12 that one was exceptionally bad uh you have one of those every so often like they're not (laughs) they're not some sign of climate change they're just sometimes hurricanes hit that right peak of uh the perfect storm kind of a thing building and and new orleans was New Orleans' problem was it was terribly set up for something like that. Why you would build a city on the fucking Gulf and turn it into a goddamn fishbowl is beyond uh, understanding, but like, there's so much more that goes into this, and, uh, but it's all climate change. It's all climate change because act- actually doing real science is too difficult for these fucking retards, I guess. Ditto the disastrous Hurricane Sandy. That's the one, Sandy. As well as the East Coast heat waves and West Coast wildfires. Again, the West Coast wildfires are a result of poor forest management. Or the startling overheating of global waters and the sea level rise that goes with it. The sea level rise thing has been debunked. That's not actually happening. (laughs) And that's just to begin an ever longer list of horrors that don't fucking exist except unless you manufacture them as horrors that exist. Remember a few years ago when they were all concerned because Chicago hadn't had any snowfall this year. And then the following year they got record snowfalls. It's like, it's called weather. It changes from year to year. Sometimes, you know, you have a bad summer. Sometimes you have a a mild summer this year. We had an incredibly mild spring. Now we're having a hot summer. The winter was, relatively mild for the most part except for a few weeks stretch where it got really bad like yeah weather changes the seasons change year over year like everybody can remember the everybody can remember the uh the ice storm of 1994 if you live down in like arkansas and tennessee and in that in that part of of the world and then it happened again uh and then it happened again in 2009 and everybody can remember it because it was very you know those sort of things happen like it's the the seasons change over year and you get ebbs and flows and like it's called fucking weather it's not some like in fact like if you look at the going back like they have uh like these ice core samples that they pulled from antarctica and from the from the north pole and and look at like temperature change over the years and you can see you can kind of see how temperatures have fluctuated over, like, millennia. And it's projected that we're currently in somewhere in the, like, mid to cooler part of the world's history. So (laughs) this whole fucking thing is, it's all fucking ridiculous. And the fact that the only solution that they have for any of it is that you have to put more money into this bullshit where they can go to these big summits and they can change all of this stuff. While not actually doing anything, I, the whole. Uh, I'm, I'm not. This is not a climate change episode. Fucking pseudoscience, dumbassery. Despite the fact that in recent weeks more than 100 million North Americans have been inhaling lungs full, lungfuls of smoke from the Canadian wildfires, we'll probably continue to ignore the pummeling. So many here are enduring. Uh, so many here are enduring while carbon dioxide continues to accumulate overhead. Climate disasters are not only failing to goad governments into taking bold action, but may be nudging societies towards increasing violence and cruelty. Climate change causes right-wing violence. Recently, Joel Milward Hopkins of the University of Leeds suggested that as the climate emergency intensifies, we may only find ourselves ever more affected by some of the indirect impacts of global warming. Those would include the widening of socioeconomic inequalities. Uh, see. Everything's a socio-economic problem within and between countries. Increase in migration, intra and internationally, and heightened risk of conflict. You know, if if we're at risk of, uh, or if we're going to see increases in migration due to climate change, why are so many people moving to Florida and Texas, in in the intra nationally? Seems odd, doesn't it? I don't know. Maybe I'm nuts. It seems like more people would move to like montana and north dakota and you know get get to places that i saw a, a thing on the news uh they said that anything above 90 degrees is potentially deadly and you should stay indoors as much as possible my like, motherfucker in the mississippi delta that's called fucking april like it's above 90 degrees every day from late march to early april on until like october like you're effectively telling the entire south to stay indoors for 80 percent of the year like are you fucking retarded like everything about this narrative is just so batshit fucking crazy I, i don't understand it and heightened risk of conflict from violence and war through from violence and war through to hate speech and crime. hate speech is a is a risk of conflict and and equated with violence apparently such impacts he suggests will reflect a highly inconvenient overlap with key drivers of the authoritarian populism that has proliferated the 21st century inconvenient indeed authoritarian populism i wish we could get some more of that short supply around here these days In other words, although weather disasters of many kinds can increase public concern about climate change, they can also help to whip up an oppressively violent socio-political climate that may prove ever more hostile to the very idea of reducing greenhouse gas emissions, specifically in large, affluent, high-emission societies. Everything about this is warm in the USA though not itself linked to climate change, the COVID 19 God, we're gonna we're gonna we're going to tie right wing violence, climate change, socioeconomic uh difficulties, and COVID nineteen all together like man, do these motherfuckers get like a, a a check sheet and it's like you have to mention all of these things. Just you got you've just got to stick this in here somehow and make sure you hit all of these talking points that way everybody knows that this is really fucking serious though not itself linked to climate change the covid 19 pandemic may have given us a preview of such developments when it first struck a feeling of noble national purpose Shared sacrifice and mutual aid swept the country for perhaps a few weeks. Then came the waves of social conflict that may, in the end, have left us even more poorly prepared for the next public health emergency. After all, the pandemic of hate, the fucking pandemic of hate. The pandemic of hate that first fed on anti-vaccine and anti-mask fervor now sups a far larger buffet of political issues, including energy and climate. The waves of social conflict that may, in the end, have left us even more poorly prepared for the next public health emergency were due to the complete botching and mishandling of everything about COVID-19 by the federal government and, in particular, the CDC and the FDA. It wasn't anti-vax, anti-mask fervor or conspiracy or anything like that. It was the way the government and the federal agencies handled everything was fucking insane and proved that they don't know what the fuck they're doing and they don't have our best interests at heart or mind. period. That's where we are. This oh. Guardian columnist George Mon, uh, Monbiot wrote recently that culture war entrepreneurs are casting efforts to reduce greenhouse gas emissions as authoritarian attacks on ordinary people's fundamental freedoms. Because at the end of the day, that's exactly what they fucking are. Be ready to do battle, they say, against any move to promote heat pumps over furnaces or electric induction stoves over gas stoves or walking to the store instead of driving a big-ass truck there. In fact, he suggests you cannot propose even the mindset change, uh, even the mildest change without a hundred professionally outraged influencers leaping up to announce they're coming for you or whatever. Except that you've consistently proven over time that you are in fact coming for all of those whatevers. In fact, Corine Jean-Pierre was just questioned about the fact that the government has been going after gas stoves, refrigerators, several other appliances, and now they've included water heaters in, in that as well. And the question was, you know, how many more of our appliances are the American people going to be forced to replace due to the way this administration is going after everything that exists currently on the market? And she's, and she's, her only answer was that, well, this is just in its initial stages. And, It wouldn't go into effect until 2029. Uh, Bitch, are you admitting that you're going to make us replace every fucking appliance that we have? I'm sure, I'm sure y'all will get inflation under control by 2029. And the price of all of this shit is not going to go through the goddamn roof or the fines that you're going to levy on us if we don't replace our stuff with this new bullshit it's not going to actually be any better it'll be a, it'll be the, like the electric vehicle thing like they're going to say that it reduces emissions or something but the the parts and the things that they have to that they have to mine and do to produce them are going to be like infinitely worse than if we had just kept the regular old bullshit that we have like that 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 is the authoritarian uh That's the authoritarian thing that's happening. It's this climate insanity driving legislation and governance to make us all poorer and to put us under their thumb at every turn. That's the authoritarianism. It's the climate emergency. That's where the authoritarianism comes into play. There are always going to be people under the influence of such influencers who will respond by jumping in their trucks for a session of rolling coal that is spewing toxic diesel fumes into the faces of pedestrians and cyclists, or maybe they'll run over a climate protester without fear of prosecution if they're in Florida, Iowa, or Oklahoma. Stay out of the goddamn road, and you don't have to worry about getting run over. That's one of the things that your parents teach you when you're a kid is don't go play in the fucking street, you dumb motherfucker. If you get hit by a big-ass truck because you're laying down in the middle of the road, you speed bump yourself, fucking die, and leave us alone. Go away. That's on you. That's not on me. Don't play in the goddamn street. It's really fucking simple. Really simple. I've I've been yelling at my kids about that for years. I still have to yell at my kids about that because we do have houses on both sides of the street. And the little dumb fuckers think they need to just stand out in the middle of it like, you know, goddamn climate protesters. Like, if you get run over by a big-ass truck out here, I don't feel bad for you because you deserve it. Get out of the goddamn road, you morons. Same applies to climate protesters. Get out of the road, you fucking morons shouldn't be prosecuted if you run over somebody who's blocking traffic. That's if they're outside of a jaywalk or outside of a crosswalk, then they're jaywalking. They put they took that risk on themselves. They deserve to get run over. If you if you are willing to play in the street, then you should be willing to suffer the consequences of, hey, maybe a truck doesn't see you, or maybe they see you and just decide to mow your ass down. Get the fuck out of the street. It's that easy. And and I've talked about the the toxic diesel fumes if we really want to address this climate crisis thing that's such a big deal convert everything over to fucking biodiesel it's not that goddamn hard it's super super efficient too and it's this is like i'm a dumbass redneck and i figured this shit out figured it out fucking 18 years ago hello maybe they should put me in charge of climate crisis fucking retards. This outbreak of hostility and violence among right-wingers is occurring even though no one has actually curtailed any of their freedoms. And here we go back to right-wing violence. Right-wing violence, that doesn't fucking exist. There are virtually no cases of it. What they're going to refer to as right-wing violence is... uh, Actually, I don't even know. There have been a couple instances where people have gotten... Uh, where these like climate protesters have gotten like knocked down but usually nobody got like seriously injured or killed Uh, and usually the right winger who did that ended up losing their job or got got arrested for it so where's this without fear of prosecution thing that they're talking about where's all this right-wing violence they're, they never give any examples of it they, they just talk about it all the time but it doesn't exist most of the time when they talk about the right-wing violence then the examples of like, racism and college campuses and stuff like this it ends up being manufactured and it's all a complete fucking hoax uh, it's as bad as that carly what's-her-face that claims she was kidnapped and nothing ever happened she just went and hid for a few days Now imagine the ferocity of the backlash if we could somehow manage to enact the policies that are undoubtedly most urgently needed to rein in greenhouse gases and other environmental threats. A rapid phase out of fossil fuels and cuts in the extraction and use of material resources. The eruption would undoubtedly be far more aggressive and violent than the resistance to COVID-19 regulations. Here's the problem with that line. You cannot rapidly phase out fossil fuels and cut the extraction and use of material resources. And change over to electric, solar, or uh, solar and wind power and all of that stuff at the same time. Because the extraction and use of material resources is the number one thing in that changeover. And that extraction and use is infinitely more damaging to the environment than... The fossil fuels. Nobody wants to talk about that, though. From pole to equator, the specter of violence looms. New climate realities are also expected to alter military conflicts among nations. One of the most troubling potential flashpoints could be the fast-melting Arctic, It's which is, this is, again, this has been debunked. This is not actually happening. This is a talking point that doesn't, that's non-existent which, thanks to all that carbon dioxide released into the atmosphere, will soon be wide open for fishing, resource extraction, and other activities. In fact, the United States and Russia haven't even let the Arctic Sea finish its thaw before starting to militarize it, as Devin speak of NPR reports. While indigenous communities have long thrived in communion with the land there, nation states haven't had much presence in the northern latitudes because it hasn't been ripe for exploitation. Until sea ice began rapidly receding, oil, gas, shipping, and minerals were all under frigid rock and key. But with dwindling sea ice, tapping the region's resources is becoming more feasible. And in conjunction with the economic opportunities, nations are eyeing big military spending. Russia has already ramped up its military presence, and the United States is playing catch-up. As an armed standoff in cold polar waters heats up, increased attention is being paid to climate-induced mass migration as another likely conflict trigger. Climate-induced mass migration. Hmm. Hmm. What what do we call climate-induced mass migration? Because most of the mass migration seems to be induced by the U.S. government carpet bombing every sandbox in the fucking Middle East. That's where a lot of it comes from, seemingly. Or from South America, where all of these, like, blatantly socialist and communist regimes have run their people into starvation and now those people are fleeing and coming north hoping to escape from those communist and socialist regimes crazy how that works too huh wow yeah but it's 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 uh climate induced mass migration because people are trying to people are trying to leave those warm climates of the middle east to come to Florida and Texas, trying to leave. I mean, it's it's effectively same, uh, same parallel on the on the globe. Like, yeah, I'm they're they're really. Why aren't they fleeing to like I don't know fucking Russia, where it's you know cold to get away from the the heat? It just doesn't make any sense. After all forecast now suggests that if greenhouse gas emissions aren't reduced deeply and quickly, the climate zones safe for humans to live in will shrink dramatically. They've been saying this for 40 fucking years. Shut the fuck up already. The worst of it will happen in tropical South America and Africa, the Middle East, South and East South and Southeast Asia, parts of China and likely the US sunbelt. By 2050, to three billion people are likely to either be living in or fleeing regions that have become increasingly hostile to human existence and by 2090 it could be three to six billion of us or a quarter to a third of humanity desired destinations will include the northern united states and southern canada russia central asia korea japan northern china and northern europe they always put these goals out like 2050 2090 oh we're gonna reduce emissions by 20 2070. We're all going to change over to everything electric by 2045, 2055, 2065. Like they set these. They have to keep setting these things so far out in the future, where that nobody who's making these projections now will be alive to be told, "God, you were such a fucking moron," because that's what they've been doing for the last forty fucking years: is setting these projections out 20, 30, 40 years in the future. And then when none of it ever happens, it's like, well, it's because, you know, we it's it's not going to happen until another 40 years. It's like, it's never going to fucking happen because it's not real. It's not real. It's not fucking real. This is the fake news. This, this bullshit right here. Oh, by 2050, 2 to 3 billion people are likely to be living or fleeing regions that have become hostile to human existence. Shut the fuck up. Those regions are already hostile to human existence. And we live there anyway. Fucking walk outside here in South Central Indiana. This is hostile to human existence. Fucking 95 degrees with 86% humidity. That's hostile to human existence. Here we are. The fucking Mississippi Delta, where in late July and early August, you know, this time of year... It'll be 115 degrees with a heat index of 140 and 93% humidity. That's hostile to human existence. I worked outside in that every fucking day, seven days a week for four years. You're not at risk of dying if you're just outside when it's hot, unless you're a fat, slovenly fuck or you're 9,000 years old. Get out of the goddamn house, work out, exercise, do some things to keep yourself in shape, drink plenty of water, get a healthy diet. We're built for this shit. It's not hot. The existence is hostile to human existence. We're built for this shit. Get the fuck out of the house and do something about it. Pudgy bastard. Consider for a moment the torrent of hate and cruelty we've seen in the past decade along the border between the United States and Mexico, Southeast and uh, Southeast and South Asia, and Europe and Africa. Now imagine a 10 to 20-fold increase in long-distance migration rates and the anti-immigration, the anti-immigrant hate, violence, and even international conflict that could grip the globe in the decades to come. As a preview, just consider. The fact that Republican governors in 14 states have already deployed National Guard troops to the border with Mexico for no good reason whatsoever. Because there's a massive wave of illegals trying to cross. No good reason whatsoever. Shut the fuck up, you goddamn retard. Holy fuck, this dude might actually be fucking brain dead. And it's always these moronic fucking projections. Imagine a 10 to 20 fold increase. Oh, fuck off. God, there's no, there is absolutely nothing to back any of this bullshit. It's all fucking speculation. And it's all the fever dream of some wild retard who has bought in to and drank all of the goddamn Kool-Aid. Like this motherfucker is, I would be willing to bet this dude has never gone outside ever. Like probably ever. He would probably be at risk of dying if he went outside today in Indiana or today in mississippi i i suspect that all of all of existence is actually a threat to his existence in his guardian column mombiot explains succinctly how climate disruption and anti-immigration bias reinforce each other round the cycle turns he writes as millions are driven from their homes by climate disasters the extreme right exploits their misery to extend its reach. As the extreme right gains power, climate programs are shut down, heating accelerates, and more people are driven from their homes. If we don't break this cycle soon, it will become the dominant story of our times. It may already be the most important story, whether we realize it or not. Somebody explained to me how it is that the Democrats have controlled the House, the Senate, and the presidency for two years. And they did nothing to fight climate change. But it's the far right's fault. It's the extreme right. They're the they're the ones who are holding up progress, right? Yeah. Fucking half wits. Climate change is likely to exacerbate violence in countries as well, simply by discombobulating us as individuals. A 2015 analysis of 57 nations found that each degree Celsius increase in annual temperatures is associated with a nearly 6% average increase in homicides. More recently, a review of research worldwide found that climate disruption can undermine peace by interfering with people's mental or psychological functioning and by threatening our quality of life. Increasingly extreme heat will also push waves of human displacement within national borders, further flanning the flames of domestic conflict. An analysis by Abraham uh, Lusgarden of ProPublica found that as the Earth's atmosphere is warm, almost half of the U.S. population will most likely experience a decline in the quality of their environment, namely more heat and less water. For 93 million of them, the changes could be particularly severe. Are you talking about the 93 million that live in a goddamn desert that shouldn't be inhabited anyway? But that they keep pumping water into those are those are those the ninety three million you're talking about. I mean there there are places that the planet tells us, hey, you probably shouldn't stay here. And then for some reason people keep going there. And for some reason our governments keep trying to encourage people to go stay the fuck away from places that don't have enough water. And, you know, uh, early man had this sort of figured out. We we've become too smart for our, our own good. It would seem. Uh, expect many millions of us to move from the Sun Belt to perhaps the Great Lakes region and from rural to urban areas. That's absolutely not going to happen. Nobody's going to an urban area. Have you seen, if you want to talk about hotbeds of violence and where crime is, is running rampant, that's the urban areas. Like this dude, in fact, statistically, people have been fleeing urban areas to go to more rural areas. Like This dude is a complete goddamn moron. It's this is insane the 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 complete lack of actual like anything uh substantive behind any of the claims this guy makes is fucking insane like how could somebody read this and take this guy seriously i i think i was like less than a paragraph in before i realized this is not a serious person but here we are matthew howard a sociologist at florida state university and a modeler of climate migration climate models that's it's the same as the, the fucking covid models that's that's how you know this is really serious shit and that there's absolutely some science behind it because they do their models that they can't get any even remotely close to right with uh interviewed by Lusgarden garden predicts some especially hard times for atlanta it's because it's fucking atlanta they should burn that goddamn like if sherman got one thing right he should have left atlanta burnt or they should have left atlanta burned to the ground like It's the largest metropolitan area in the Southeast, a region in which climate models suggest droughts and wildfires will become far more common and severe as decades pass. Always with the models. There's no actual substantive evidence behind any of this. It's just these fucking models. and It's it's the same as the, the COVID death models. He projects that hundreds of thousands of local climate refugees will migrate from outlying areas into an urban area already experiencing overburdened water systems and a shaky infrastructure, along with the highest income inequality amongst large U.S. cities. Democrats run Atlanta, have for years and years and years. Why do you think they have infrastructure and water system and inequality problems? It's, it's because of the people who run the place. And the people in these outlying areas aren't moving into Atlanta. If anything, they'll move further away. Uh, this is the, the fucking topest I've ever read. All of that, writes Garden could make the future Atlanta a virtual tinderbox for social conflict. Such conflict could well include the kind of state violence and oppression that's increasingly unleashed on people and groups who are determined to protest against the systems that create climate chaos, environmental devastation, and injustice. Indeed, in Atlanta, that violence is already a reality. This winter and spring, city police shot and killed an activist and arrested 40 more for nonviolently occupying the city's largest urban forest. They were part of a broad effort by people in low income neighborhoods bordering the forest, environmental organizations, and racial justice groups to head off the construction of a tactical training center for the Atlanta Police Department that would occupy and devastate 85 of that woodland's 150 acres. Coalition aims to prevent deforestation, preserve the quality of life of for nearby neighborhoods, and halt the expenditure of ninety million on a facility that would hone the skills of cops who have demonstrated their willingness to kill unarmed black people. And there's racism. We have hit the cycle. And mind you, those forest defenders were charged not with trespassing, but with violating Georgia's domestic terrorism law, which carries a sentence of at least five years in prison. When arrested, they were held in a jail that reported Piper French of Bolts is notorious for squalid conditions and allegations of mistreatment by staff. It's fucking prison. It should be squalid conditions and you should be mistreated. Sorry. Fuck you. The defendants who had committed no acts of violence let alone terrorism were denied bail on flimsy grounds including accusation of marrying merely wearing black having a jail support number scrawled on their arm and having mud on their shoes according to french and the basis for denying bail thanks to wearing black clothing and having on muddy shoes that domestic terrorism law provides for something called vicarious liability in plain english you could call it guilt by association how sad for them Nor did the repression stop there following a SWAT team's recent raid on the Southeast Atlanta home Georgia Bureau of Investigation uh, arrested three board members of an Atlanta nonprofit that was arranging legal support for those forest defenders. They were charged with money laundering and charity fraud, stretching the already dubious concept of vicarious liability even further. Writing for Jacobin, Abe Asher notes the intensity of the threats protesters in Atlanta are facing is reminiscent of the risk climate defenders routinely face in the global South where both activists and journalists are routinely jailed and killed for their defense of land and water. Of the 401 human rights defenders killed last year, nearly half were killed defending the climate. Violence on the ground and below it. Some of America's domestic policies aimed at curbing climate change could also become increasingly responsible for climate in the global South. If, for instance, the wealthier North continues to pursue technology-heavy green technology-heavy green growth climate policies, the South could suffer yet more from the inherent violence of resource extraction. The need for increasing amounts of the minerals and metal essential to building renewable energy systems and vast fleets of electric vehicles, including lithium, cobalt, copper, nickel, and rare earths, is attracting much media attention these days, as well it should be. Worse yet, in the future, they are likely to become the focus of green resource wars. We are going to be creating resource wars for the bullshit to replace the fossil fuels that we're having resource wars over. Amazing. Fucking amazing. Except that we don't actually have a reason to have resource wars where the fossil fuels are concerned. Coal, gas, oil. We have... Plenty of all of that stuff. actually the only hindrance to the amount of it available on the market is because of government interference, not because of uh, scarcity. Amazing how that works out. It is projected, uh, I saw in a, a study, that there is actually not enough, I think it was lithium, there's projected that there's not enough lithium on the planet to produce the batteries necessary to replace the entire vehicle the entire like uh, petroleum based vehicle fleet and the really- the really fucked up thing about that is and I've talked about it before is it takes about eight years for your Carbon footprint from your electric vehicle for you to hit a, about a break-even point, where the the carbon footprint of extracting all of the materials needed to make your electric vehicle, in particular the battery, all of the resources necessary to create that thing, the carbon footprint is. Boom, massive huge right off the bat. But once you hit about eight to ten years, then you break even, and now you're you're carbon neutral. And so from this point on, you're just, you know, you're saving the planet. Except that the average battery life of one of those vehicles is about eight years. And then you get to start all over again. Amazing how that works, isn't it? Oh, fuck it. And and it doesn't even matter because By the time we get to that point, if we have replaced all the vehicles, there won't be enough lithium and cobalt left on the fucking planet to make you your replacement battery anyway. So you're fucked. (laughs) That's why they they talked about walking to the store earlier instead of driving your truck. Because by the time they're finished, that's all you're going to be able to do is fucking walk. You ain't going nowhere in a vehicle. They're getting rid of all the fuel sources. Worse yet in the future, they are likely to become the focus of green resource wars. And the mining of such ores isn't the only extractive activity that raises the threat of conflict. To take one example, if the world's nation, if the world's nations pursue climate mitigation policies that depend heavily on biofuels, the ensuing fuel plantations could end up occupying a staggering quarter to a third of the world's co- croplands, almost certainly displacing some essential crop uh, food crops to produce to less productive areas and count on this communities. Throughout the, glo- South, the global South are not going to stand back and allow such potential wholesale losses without protest. But, all right, so this is objectively wrong, just completely wrong. Biofuels, if they were going to pursue climate mitigation policies heavily dependent on biofuels, biodiesel can be made from soy canola, rapeseed, and a couple other different types of oils. It's they extract the oil, the oil is then turned into biodiesel. That will not the like the 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 soybean meal itself, the the food side of that will not be replaced that's and there are enough of those seed oils to continue the food supply side of the seed oil and also make all of the biodiesel that's necessary without increasing farmland at all the reason that they think or that they project that it would uh, displace essential food crops and stuff like that is because our government and the energy departments are so hell-bent on ethanol, specifically on corn-based ethanol, as the, the thing that they need to, to be focused on as a fuel replacement. Never mind the damages that ethanol itself does to vehicles and to engines and how inefficient it is as a fuel source. But they're hell bent on corn based And corn and I, I've talked about this ad nauseum. Corn based ethanol is literally the least efficient form of ethanol, and it's the least efficient use of corn itself. Like, there's no reason to use the corn itself to make the ethanol. You can you can actually you can actually use the silage, the stalks and the then the leaves and everything. That can be converted into ethanol more efficiently than the corn itself but they won't actually use the the logical responsible efficient methods for biofuels they want to do it in the most ass-backwards dumb fucking way you can never convince me that they're serious about climate change and that they're serious about getting away from fossil fuels because everything about the way they do biofuels is completely ass-fucking backwards it is completely illogical. I don't know why. I, it took me as a fucking 20, 22 year old, it took me about three weeks of research and looking into this stuff in fucking 2005 to figure out that everything about biofuels and the way they're trying to do it is completely fucking stupid and wrong. How? How? If dumbass. Drunk most of the time, 22-year-old me was able to figure this shit out. Are we 18 years down the road and they're still pushing this shit? The Biden administration itself is still pushing corn-based fucking ethanol. It's the dumbest goddamn thing I've ever seen. I, I will continue to beat this drum until somebody fucking listens. But they're not going to listen because they're not serious about it. They don't actually fucking care. They don't. The, and you know how I know that it's not real. That it's, The whole thing is a goddamn joke, and the whole thing is is just a giant Ponzi scheme, because they don't actually do the things that make sense that would actually make a difference. If they were serious, and this was a serious problem, they would do something to address it, but they don't, because it's not. It's not a problem. It's a way for them to generate revenue. That's it. Selena Gallo-Cruz is an associate professor of sociology at Syracuse University. She recently published a paper, Peace Studies and the Limits to Growth, in which she laid out ways the widespread violence and injustice implicit in the Global North's quest for growth, green or otherwise, has affected other communities around the world. Is this thing close to All right. <clears throat> Citing the word... So, sorry, this article... I'm, I'm running longer on this article than I intended to, but it's the, the complete ignorance of it i can't help but just like go off nonstop because it's so fucking jesus christ you know what i'm saying citing the work of organizations like global witness in conflict zones worldwide she points out that a significant part of the violence on this planet comes from the north's extraction of natural resources through mining or deforestation palm oil plantations are a big one or mega mega agricultural projects all of which lead to outbreaks of very violent conflict We must not, says Gallo Cruz, fall for the specious argument that it would be unfair and cruel not to extract the resources from impoverished countries because the North needs such minerals and energy while the South needs the revenue those resources can bring. That argument is, of course, blind to the devastation of the lands and waters and biodiversity on which such communities depend, not to mention the violent conflict that so often threatens to become a part of resource extraction. To sum up, finally, there has always been violent conflict, you don't say. As striking evidence, the artist Miranda Mayer has documented that over the past 2,023 years of human history, only one year, 327 AD was completely free of open armed conflict. I, I need to look that up. <laughs> that seems interesting. Just for no more reason than it seems interesting. Uh, but we may now. I wonder what happened in 327. Did everybody like just decide? Okay, it's like it's a year off. We'll <laughs> we'll come back try this again. Uh, but we now may now be preparing to top off that sorry record with climate-induced conflict globally. From open war between nation-states to abuse of migrants at border to hate and physical assaults that happen just down the block and efforts to curb climate change are already provoking a right-wing backlash that encourages civil conflict while bringing state violence down on climate activists. Meanwhile, corporate efforts to achieve climate-friendly growth end up inflicting the violence that accompanies resource extraction, on the world's poorest regions, creating conditions for, yes, yet more conflict. In short, industrial civilization has has by now painted the world into a perilous corner. The only way out of this mess would be for for affluent societies to deeply reduce their consumption of energy and extraction of material resources. But don't hold your breath on that one. He got something right. Industrial society and its consequences. Uncle Ted was right. Move out in the woods. Get off the grid. Fuck it all. Stop using power and energy and all this bullshit. Just go back to nature the way God intended. Have a great rest of your day, and I will see you on Wednesday. Maybe if I can figure out how to end this damn stream. Oh, there we go. Before you go, make sure you check out our great sponsor, Agorist Acres. Now, agoristacres.com, you can find over 100 varieties of seeds. They've got vegetables, flowers, all kinds of stuff. They've got heritage brands, everything that you want to start any kind of garden that you need. It's free shipping on any order of $20 or more. They've got cool packaging, and most of the seeds come in a fancy glass vial, no paper envelopes. They accept U.S. dollars and crypto, and can easily take either at checkout. Now, be sure to head over to agoristacres.com, and anything that you get... Use the promo code FCT at checkout for 10% off your order. I say all the time that you need to be starting your own garden, you need to be growing your own food, you need to be getting off the grid and becoming less dependent on grocery stores and stuff like that. Agorist Acres is a great first start. They have got everything you need for whatever kind of garden you want. Great people, great product, highly recommend. So go check them out. Uh yeah.